Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. guys welcome to uh, journey online uh today we continue our series family foundations and we're talking today about you know uh, continuing to build that foundation uh, but maybe today we're talking about finding the right one to build that foundation with so we're talking about dating in a sense that's really where we're uh, going today and so we're, we're talking about how do we find the right person to build a family with and to do the rest of our life with hopefully prayerfully whenever we're we're thinking about that or we're looking at family and many of you guys have already established a family and we'll talk a little bit about that but there may be some that are going man i'm looking for that right person to establish a family with and that i can grow old with and i can do life with and i can you know raise children with and so maybe you're there so today hopefully this will kind of speak to you but we wanted to talk about how important it is again we go back to what jesus tells us you know in matthew chapter 7 that when we build our life on him and his teaching, it's like building on a rock. It's building on a solid foundation. But whenever we don't, whenever we just hear his teaching, we don't obey it. We don't apply it to our life. It's like building on sand. You know, there's going to be storms blow in. There's going to be things that will hit that house and take it out. But for those of us that build our life on the, the cornerstone of Christ, P- Peter talked about building your life on the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Paul talked about building your life on the cornerstone of Christ. You're building your life on a solid foundation. But too often what we do is we, we, we're there, but we're looking for someone else to build this family with, and we don't look for someone who's doing the same thing. Uh, we, we, we oftentimes kind of get attracted to someone because of what they look like or because of what they have. And those things are fleeting. You know, the Bible even talks about beauty being fleeting. And, you know, and the things of this world, we can't take them with us. Uh, so the thing we really want to look at today is how do we have a, a biblical marriage? How do we have a, a biblical relationship? How do you even date in a way that is biblical? And so I want us to look at a couple of things today. So finding the right person or the right one to build uh, your life with is, is critical. So the ultimate goal. So this is the ultimate goal of dating, according is finding a husband or a wife for marriage and spending the rest of your life together. So the goal of dating or the goal according, you know, uh, is, is to find that right person. But too often what happens is in this world, you know, there's some messed up patterns that have been given to us, and we end up following those patterns. We end up wanting to do what we have seen done around us rather than going through the Scriptures and saying, you know, what does God's Word tell us and teach us about biblical marriage? 
What, is it, what does it tell us about dating? And, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit, but it doesn't really talk a lot about dating or courting, but it does talk about relationships and, and how to handle those relationships. So the ultimate goal is finding a husband or a wife. So let's look at what it, what it says here in a, a biblical marriage that we see. The very first one in Scripture is out of Genesis chapter 2. It says, Then the Lord, the, God, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while the man slept, the Lord God took one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening he made Eve. And so then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Now look at the excitement here that we see in Adam. At last, the man exclaimed, this, is one, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And then the scripture says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So we go back to the very beginning. God created you know, Adam. And he saw it was not good for him to be alone. And so he, he created woman out of a rib, you know, from under his side, near his heart, that was someone he could do life with. It would be that helper. And uh, that they would be able to do life together. They would end up having children and they would populate the, the earth. And so when we look back at that, we realize, you know what, that God, you know, he, he orchestrated that first marriage. And God, you know, literally created a woman for for man, but I know some of you. I wish God would create one for me right now, you know, or whatever. You you wish that God would create that person and bring them into your life, but God has already created someone that may be the right person. The question is, is are we the right person for them? And so one of the things that we often say is, if you want a a princess, then you know you've got to be a prince, you know, and vice versa. You've got to you got to be willing to say, hey, look, am I the right person? And God, or am I allowing you to? to change me and to transform me and to become more and more like Christ where I am a great husband or I'm a great wife. And uh, God, there's someone out there that I can be a blessing to, that I can walk through life together. And so we, we have to first put ourselves on and say, God, help me to see where I am. You know, what, need, what in me needs to change? Uh, what in me do I need to die to? And so there's a, there's a big difference when we talk about dating here. There's a big difference between a date for two single people and a date for a married couple. One is seeking the right person so the two can build a life together. And the other is strengthening a foundation that has already been established. And so here we see that, you know, whenever you're two single people or maybe you're looking for that right person, you know, you're, you're trying to find the right person. So you're wanting to establish this foundation. But in a marriage, you've already established the relationship, but you need to continue to work at it. So you're trying to strengthen that marriage. So like for Laura and I, we've been married 28 years. But we still need to date, and we need to be intentional about that. And sometimes it's harder to date, you know, after you've been married for a long time than it is back whenever you're trying to find that right person. You make time, you spend money, you go out of your way, you do everything you can to be with them. And oftentimes we take the person in our life for granted that has been there for the long haul and has been there and been committed to that marriage. And so we need to be intentional about dating to keep the romance there and to keep the spark there, if you will, and, and just to, hey, you know what, I'm committed to you, I care about you, I love you, I want to be with you. And so the right person that the, this you know, a single person might be looking for, they're looking for someone they can build a life together with. And again, you want to build 
on a solid foundation on the teachings of Christ. You want to make sure that you're building your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. You're building your life on that, that, that teaching that he, that, uh, that he gives us. And so look at this next uh, part here. It says, what does the Bible say about dating? Not a whole lot, to be honest with you. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it. And, and so even though it doesn't talk about it, the words courtship and dating are not found in the Bible. We are given some principles that Christians are to follow during the time before marriage. It is important to remember that neither dating nor courtship is mandated in Scripture. So in other words, you're not, it's not mandatory that you date. Even though we feel like it's important for us to date, it's important for us to, you know, to uh, have someone or to have a girlfriend or have a boyfriend, what we do is we follow the pattern of this world. And, and oftentimes I've seen families do this for years. I, my family did it as well. You know, as uh, a little boy or a little girl, the first thing you ask them, hey, who's your boyfriend or who's your girlfriend or whatever? And we start teaching them and kind of grooming them almost to, hey, you need to have a boyfriend or you need to have a girl. It could be kindergarten. And that's what we're asking them. Instead of preparing them, you know, for life and preparing them for, or just letting them be a kid, but we're trying to almost force on them this mentality, you need to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's unhealthy, to be honest with you. And, but, and we think it's cute. Really what we ought to be doing is just, you know, letting them fall in love with God, man. Just helping them grow in their relationship with the Lord. And then here's the thing, you know, teaching them the differences and all that stuff, doing everything we can, but not forcing them into some pattern that this world has established rather than looking into God's Word. And so it's not mandated that you date. It's not mandated that you court. But it, it is important that we line up with what Scripture does say about how we conduct our lives as we are looking for the right one. Look at what it says here. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies. This is Romans chapter 12. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. In other words, to give, give him your life. Give him everything. Give him your body because of all he has done for you. Um, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him. And, and so we're, we're to live a life in a way that, that honors God, it glorifies God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So when we look at this passage, it's saying don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And that's what we often do. And we don't even think about why we do things. But it says to let God change the way you think. God will change your thinking. And one way that he does that is by the reading of God's word and, the, you know, and spending time reading the teachings of Christ. We begin to change the way that we think from what we were raised to do, but we were being taught and being uh, challenged, if you will, and even counseled by the Holy Spirit. As we read the Word of God, we seek to apply that truth. Sometimes it is counter to what the world is and even what we were raised to do. And so God transforms the way that we think and cha- changes us into a completely different person. And so we, we begin to understand God's will. I'll be honest with you, I grew up in certain patterns that I thought that's what you did, but it is not what honors God and does not line up with Scripture. Some of you may have grown up the same way. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to follow the pattern that you have. And God, I want to give you my life. I want to live for you. And God, I, I trust you that you will bring the right person into my life. Too often we, we trust God for our, to save our soul. We trust him to save us from going to a place called hell. But man, we can't trust him to bring the right person into our life. And so we've got to put trust into who Jesus is and trust him to, to lead us and even use us and even bring people into our life. The pattern that this world has is, hey, listen, let me find someone that's attractive or someone that will complete me. And I'm just telling you, that's not biblical. 
you know, there's a, there's a TV show or a movie, I can remember, uh, where a guy talks about that. He comes walking through the room and, and uh, he, he, says, he looks at this girl and he says, you complete me. And it sounds good in Hollywood, but it's not biblical and it's not really true. Jesus is the only one that complete us, can complete us. My wife, Lori, I love her and I'm committed to her. And I've, I'm more in love with her now than I was when we first met, when we got engaged, or even when we got married. But here's the thing. Lori doesn't complete me and I don't complete her. Only Jesus can complete me. And only Jesus can complete Lori. And so no person can do that. We're all broken. We're all, you know, we, we all don't bring enough to the table. Jesus is the only one that can fully complete us. And so we have that mentality. I, I want somebody that's attractive and somebody that completes me. Somebody that I can, you know, get engaged with emotionally and then test the waters physically. And then if it doesn't work out, then I'll just get rid of them and find somebody else. That's the pattern of this world. And too often that's what... The dating pattern is that is passed on to our kids and that we see it as just, hey, that's just dating. That's not God's plan. I can just tell you that. And so when we see in Scripture that God says, hey, listen, be different. So the world's pattern is, is different. The world's pattern of dating doesn't train young people for marriage. It prepares them for divorce. And so the world's pattern is, hey, try this one. You know, you know sample the goods. See if it's good. And if it's not, get rid of them and find somebody else. Try this one. See if it works out. See if they're, you know, they're going to be what you're looking for. If not, find another one. Get rid of them, find another one. And it's almost you're preparing and you're training yourself and people for divorce. Where the biblical marriage is talking about, hey, find the right one, commit for a lifetime, grow old together, man, and just be committed to one another, serving one another, loving one another, caring for one another, you know, and just honoring God with that relationship. And moms and dads, let me just say this, one of the greatest things that we could give to our kids as far as stability is that, that, that stability of a marriage, of a mom and a dad loving each other for a lifetime, that they're committed. They may have squabbles and they may disagree, but the thing is, is the kids know, you know what, mom and dad are committed to one another and they will grow up with stability and those kids will have more confidence and more uh, patience and at times they may be more forgiving because they've seen mom and dad be willing to forgive. And so... The world's pattern just says, hey, get, just try it. And if it doesn't work, get another one. But, man, the pattern that we see in Scripture says something completely different. So let's look at Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So what the Bible is saying, I mean, I'm going to focus on the things of God. I'm going to focus on the things of, 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 about Christ. And I'm not going to be so focused on what this world says I have to have or what I need. Or even, you know, what I, I feel like is just a need inside of me that I'm going to find someone to meet this need. That becomes selfish. But God, help me to be about loving you and loving others. You know, we, we tell people all the time, it's loving God and, and it's, it's serving God. And it's loving people and serving them. And so let that be your focus. Fix yourself on that, not on somebody to meet my needs. The crazy thing about Christianity is whenever I focus on God and I honor God and I, I look at the, how, how can I meet the needs of others, God meets my needs. And so these are some things we can, we can focus on, we can dwell on. And so how do, how, what makes for a biblical date or whatever? How do, we, how do we do this in a way that honors God? And so what makes for a great biblical date? Number one is uh, preparing well in advance. We have to prepare well in advance. And, and what that means, I believe, is in the hands of moms and dads 
that we prepare our kids as they're growing up for what maybe a biblical date ought to be. How to live their life in such a way that, man, that, you know, they're going to be the right person for the right, for somebody out there. And that they are going to be that princess. So they're going to be that prince for someone out there that is going to be just right for them. But it goes back into moms and dads. Are we teaching them the word of God? Are we bringing them up in the instruction? Are they growing up in a confident, you know, way where they know who they are in Christ? And they know that, they, you know what, hey, I, they want to live for Christ. They want to live for God. So I think preparing well in advance before you ever start dating. You know, it's kind of like a trip. If you're going on a trip, you make sure that you plan through that and you think about the details of it. And you want to make sure that you've done everything to prepare so that it's the best trip possible. And I think one of the things that we can do is we can prepare our heart, make sure that our heart's right. We're not coming into relationships with all kinds of baggage and junk, but we're saying, God, I want you to heal me. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. And I want to be able to be a blessing to someone and not a, not a drain in their life. But, God, I want to be able to walk with someone and be able to bless them, serve them, and give to, to them in some way. And so preparing well in advance, I think, goes back to knowing who you are in Christ and being prepared before you ever get there. Here's another one. Dying to selfishness. Dying to self. You know, like I said, we can be so selfish and it's all about what I want rather than how can I be a blessing to someone else. So dying to selfishness. And I think even in our dates, it's, it goes back to, you know, it's not about me. But, God, it's about you and it's about others. And so dying to suffer. Here's another one. Communication about each other's, uh, uh, each person's expectations. I think communication is one of the greatest keys to relationships, whether you're married or not, but communicating well. And communication always takes a lot of effort and a lot of thought. And so communication is one of those things we have to constantly work at. Communicating the right way, saying things the right way. You know, and, and then here's the thing, listening. Listening is, a, is a, another part of communication. So you're communicating about each other's, you know, what they're looking for, each person's expectations. You know, when Laurie and I were dating, one of the things that I shared with her years ago, I sat down and I was in a group where we, we wrote down what we wanted and we were looking for in, our, in a wife. It was a group of guys and we wrote down what we were looking for. And, and anyway, so these, there were these qualities and there were these things that I was looking for. And I was praying for God to bring that person in my life. My wife fulfills every one of them, except I had brunette on there, and she's blonde. So God knew I needed a blonde. And, uh, but she meets every one of those and exceeds most of them and is even more than what I had asked for. And that's usually the way God works. But I had prayed about it. I'll tell you this. I let Lori see that list. You know, whenever we were just friends. We weren't even dating. I, I told her about this list that I had. She told me about the expectations that she had. She Talked to her mom the night, the first night that we met. She said, I want to marry somebody like Mike. And it was because there was expectations that she had. And, and so we, we were able to sit down and kind of talk about the expectations we had when it came to children or whatever, or discipline or whatever. And so we often do that in, a, in pre-marriage counseling. We'll ask, hey, what are your expectations? Because we come from different families of origin. We often come with different expectations. And we've got to work together to, you know, to make sure that, you know, hey, we're on the same page. One of the other things that Laurie and I had talked through was whether or not, you know, Laurie had a, a real tug on her heart for missions and felt like God was dealing with her about maybe going to Africa. And I felt called to the local church here in America. And so we took two weeks when we were dating to kind of pray through whether or not we should even get married. We were engaged already, whether or not we should even get married. Because we wanted to be on the same page and we wanted to make sure that, you know what, if God had a call on our lives and they were in separate areas, we were willing to walk away even though we loved each other, we were willing to walk away if it was God's will. And so talking through those expectations, I think, are critical. Um, and, and making sure that, you know, you're prepared for that. Look at this next one here. Planning your time well. You know, dates can get out of hand real easy if you don't plan well. 
And so planning, taking your time and planning through the date, making sure, hey, you know what, this is a... This is what we're going to do. This is what time we'll pick each, I'll pick you up or we'll meet or whatever it might be. But you plan your dates because a lot of, and I like spontaneity and I love, you know, surprises and stuff sometimes. But here's the thing is oftentimes, you know, if you don't plan well, you don't do anything. And, and when, if you don't have a good plan, you'll often do the wrong things. And so in dating, it's better to plan out your date. It's planning to note, you know, what the standards are, what the boundaries are, hey, what we're going to do, what, you know, just kind of have a plan. And if nothing else, it also conveys the importance of it. I remember one time I picked Laurie up, and I stopped to get gas, and, and she said, could you not have gotten gas before you picked me up? And I was like, yeah, but this is on the way. But what, it, what I got, took away from that was if I had planned a little bit better, I could have gotten gas, picked her up. We could have, it would have conveyed to her that she was important to me. And we talked through that that night. Again, it was one of those things where you communicate. But plan your time well and plan through it you know, to where you're, you're, you're making the most of it, but you also have boundaries in there as well. And then here's the next one. Honoring God and each other. Making sure that whenever you have a date, that everything that you do brings honor and glory to Him. That you're honoring Him with your words. You're honoring Him with your thoughts. You're honoring Him with your actions. And you're honoring Him with your body. That you don't have to go home and feel guilty. You don't have to go home and feel like you have to confess things. But you're honoring God. So as you set that as a standard, man, I want God to feel honored by what we do. Even maybe the jokes we tell, there's not, nothing that's, that's going to be dishonoring. And then the other part of that is you honor each other. You know, that you make the other person feel valued. You know, we talked about that last week. Everybody wants to be accepted and, and, and valued and included. Make sure that they feel honored. All right, so not only do we need to honor uh, each other, we need to honor God in that relationship. And so here's the next one. So honoring God and honoring each other and here is the next one, having fun without guilt. So the thing is, is plan your time together to where you're having fun, where you're, 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 you're enjoying each other without guilt. You don't want to do things that are going to be, that you're going to regret. And, and one of the things that we often feel like is, you know, especially whenever you're single, is you're often thinking, hey, you want to be, to move towards intimacy. And that's just, that's one of the things that we're attracted to. We get that. You know, uh, I had a buddy of mine years ago, his, we were in the kitchen. This was like, we were like middle school and i remember him saying man he goes i hope jesus doesn't come back before i get married his mom said why he goes because i want to have sex with my wife and too often that becomes the focus but the thing is is there's lots of other things you do other than just be intimate or have intimacy and so it's relationships and doing things together and having fun so you want to plan your dates to where you're having fun without guilt i mean there, there needs to be go hiking you know go boating go do whatever but find something that is honoring it honors god it honors each other but it's fun, and you don't want to have to live with guilt or shame. And, uh, and God doesn't want you to live in that way. He wants you to be able to enjoy being together. So here's another one. Honoring the people you love. I think it's important that we, we have that mentality that, you know what, we want to honor our parents. The Scripture tells us, you know, honor your mother and father. You know, uh, it gives for a long life. But honor your mother and your father. You know, and, and if they've got some kind of weird thinking or weird teaching or whatever that does not line up with Scripture then that can kind of become a little bit sketchy. But the thing is, is we want to honor our parents. We want to honor our grandparents. And you want to honor the people around you that love you with our relationships. So, you know, I know in this day and age, it's real popular to want to live with your boyfriend or live with your girlfriend. So I'm just going to kind of test drive things and see how it goes. And I always hear people say, well, it's so much more convenient. Or financially, it makes sense. But you've got your focus on the wrong things. It really needs to be focusing on what God says and God's Word says, so too often we get focused on those things and what, the, what is convenient or what is comfortable or what maybe everybody else is doing rather than looking at God's Word and say, God, I want to I line it with your Word. So we want to honor uh, the people that we love. So honor your parents and honor, uh, 
honor your grandparents, honor God's word, honor God. We talk about up here, honoring God, but honor his word, you know, that we don't, you know, begin to dabble in things that are meant for the, the marriage, you know, and there are certain things that are just meant for marriage. God has said in marriage, man, I will bless that union and you can enjoy each other and, and it can be something that's beautiful, but outside of that, it is sin. And there's other ways that we sin as well. I mean, we can sin by being angry towards each other. And maybe you're one of those couples that, man, you struggle with just getting along. You might want to find somebody else. But I'm just saying you can sin in other ways in that dating relationship. You've got to be careful with that. But you want to honor the people you love. Make sure that you're doing those things as well. Here's the next one. Going on group dates with like-minded friends. One of the things that you can do in a group date is you can get to know someone without being in a full-fledged dating situation but you just go out as a group five guys five girls whatever and you go out and you get to know each other maybe plan out the evening in such a way that it's fun so you got fun in there you got you know maybe you, you you lay it out to where there is time to be able to talk maybe to get to know each other but you're not in a obligation or this kind of really it gets too steamy too quick or anything like that but there's good accountability around you and so there's some good ways to be there and i would say like-minded in that is somebody who listens to the word of christ they listen to jesus teachings they obey it and they're building their life on that rock and so whenever you're surrounding yourself with people like that here's the thing is you're all building relationships that are built on the teaching of christ they're built on a solid foundation and that may be friendships that will last a lifetime. And it's people that you, you know, you get to know each other as you're dating this person. You're, you're also building other friendships that will last. And so that is a great way to have fun and get to know someone by spending time with them. Here's the last one. Having the same faith. It's critical that you are both building on the foundation of Christ. Uh, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, building on this solid foundation, building on his teaching. And if you build on anything else, it's shifting sand. And so you think about if you were building a house and you had one really good cornerstone, but everything else was just kind of shifting sand or poor foundation, it was bad, it's still going to affect all of that. And I know that a lot of people want to, you know, do missionary dating. I'm not a big fan of missionary dating where, hey, I'm going to win them to Christ. You let them get saved and then you can uh, consider maybe dating that person. But a believer needs to date a believer, you know, and, and I just, I'm just telling you, that's what Scripture tells us. There's not a whole lot of common ground outside of that. There are people that we are often attracted to, and there were things that we like about them. But you've got to ask yourself, if they're going to build their life on something else other than Christ, man, you're going to have a house that's divided as well. And so you, you've got to make sure that Jesus is the cornerstone of their life as well as yours as you build that home. There's a passage here. Let Read this passage with me. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? It just doesn't work that way. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? And how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And so right here, you know, it's saying what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? When you're trying to live for Christ, you're trying to live in a way that honors God. You're trying to live in a way that your life is built on his teaching. And then someone else is built on the ways of the world or maybe even, you know, something that is not uh, solid at all. It's false teaching, maybe. Man, there's no comment. There's no, there's no way to build anything stable there. And so what, what this teaching is saying, hey, listen, find someone that you line it with. There's harmony. There's got to be harmony there. And so we've got to seek the kingdom above all else. So it's important for us to line it with other believers, but it's also to seek the kingdom above all else. And I think sometimes we get caught seeking and focused on uh, maybe the things of this world and what we want rather than the kingdom of God. 
You know, Jesus made it clear the great commandment says to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, put everything into loving God, seeking God, pursuing God, and then put everything into loving others. And here's the thing. He will meet the needs in our life. And so look at this passage here. So don't worry about these things saying what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear. Those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He already knows all the needs that you have. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. See, I believe that God, if he knows, you know what, there is a need in your life for someone, he's going to bring that person to uh, to you, but you have got to trust him. And we, we often trust, like I said, we trust God for all kinds of other things, but we don't trust him for the person we're going to spend our life with or that we want to build a family with. We've got to trust him completely. We've got to lean in him and say, God, I trust you. I trust you for my salvation. I trust you for my soul. I trust you for my provision. And God, I trust you for the person that you're going to put in my life. And so that passage is clear. We've got to trust him for everything. And he knows, he knows what our needs are. He will, he will give us what we need. So here's some next steps maybe for you today. Maybe today you, you decide, you know what, I'm going to memorize Romans chapter one, uh, chapter 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to memorize that pa- passage so that I'm, I'm allowing God to change my thinking. And I'm not going to be focused on the pattern of this world, but I'm going to be transformed. And the more that God transform, transforms me, the more that He heals me, the more that He changes me, the more that He's preparing me for the right person that's out there. And so again, we've got to ask ourselves, am I allowing God to change me into the person that I'm a blessing to someone? And that I'm not bringing all my issues, but I'm bringing healing that God has done in my life. And I'm bringing a testimony that they will be able to see that, you know what, God is at work in my life. And so you've got to be willing to say, God, help me to be changed and transformed by the power of the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I need you to work in me. Prepare me for that. And and so by memorizing that scripture, I think it's a good step. Here's another one. Establish healthy boundaries in all relationships. Every relationship needs needs boundaries. In a marriage, you need boundaries. In a marriage, you need to make sure that you know where you end and your spouse begins. There's healthy boundaries. There's maybe boundaries that, hey, you don't do certain things because it puts your marriage in compromise. And so you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cross that line. And so you have those boundaries there to protect your marriage. Uh, to, to protect your integrity, your character, whatever it might be. And so we have these boundaries in place for a reason. And especially in dating, you need to establish healthy boundaries that you, you, you don't step over the line in any area that you feel like is dishonoring to God. And so establishing healthy boundaries in all relationships, not just in those that you're dating, but in every relationship, there's healthy boundaries there. And here's the last one. Surround yourself with friends who listen to Jesus and obey. We've talked about that. They're the wise builders. And so they're building their life on the teachings of Christ. You need to surround yourself with them. Maybe that's who you do the group dates with. But even the people that you are interested in dating, it needs to be someone who is building their life on the teachings of Christ. They're not just hearing it and walking away. That's the foolish builder. But they're listening to what he says. They're obeying what he says. And they're saying, you know what? I want to live my life in this way. And God will sort those things out. And he will make it clear. I believe God will make it clear who that right person is. And here's the thing, you've got to be that right person for them as well. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. Let me tell you, that is the step and that is the start of being the right person. Uh, For someone out there, it's saying, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I want to build my life on your teaching. And Jesus, I want you to come into my life and save me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. Will Will you forgive me? 
And I'm telling you, his answer is yes. So Jesus, will you come into my life and change me, transform me, like we talk about in Romans, and he will. The Holy Spirit will work in our lives, and it will do that. So I want to encourage you to put your faith in Christ, trust him to save you, trust him to change you, and then here's the thing, trust him to bring the right person into your life. I want to ask you if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're at. Just say, Jesus, I, I want to ask you to come into my life. I confess that I am a sinner. I have messed up. I have blown it. So, Jesus, will you come into my life and will you save me from those sins? His answer is yes. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. So, Jesus, I repent of the way I've been living. I want to choose today to live for you. And I want you to begin to prepare my heart to be the right person for someone. Father, from this point forward, I trust you for everything, not only for salvation, but I trust you to put the right people in my life. So, God, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for loving us today. And, God, thank you for the fact that you care about where we are in life and who we do life with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed day. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. We're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple, so you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. And there, you can return your tithes and offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have multiple YouTube videos that can explain how to do so. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at Journey Church Online. And we cannot wait to see you right back here next week. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. We're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple, so you should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. And there, you can return your tithes and offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have multiple YouTube videos that can explain how to do so. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at Journey Church Online. And we cannot wait to see you right back here next week.